This episode of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash battlefrontpodcast to help support this show. We're also brought to you by our PayPal supporters, paypal.me slash tie-dye-sheep, T-Y-E-D-Y-E-S-H-E-E-P. Pick your class and learn your battle points. Because it's time for the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Welcome to episode 129 of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. I'm your host, Sage Goodwin, joined by my friend and yours, Preston Russell. Hello there. In this episode, we'll be going over the frequently asked questions on the Star Wars Battlefront 2 progression update. Let's get started. So before we get started, the, the progression update is coming out the 21st, so coming up soon. And it's going to be, the loot crates will be earned through challenges only. So you can't purchase them with credits anymore. All of the crafting parts will be switched over to skill points. So each skill point will allow you to upgrade a star card. So there's no more getting the the crates for the crafting parts or anything like that. And then you're going to be able to use credits or uh you can purchase them with your real money skins. So you're gonna have we're gonna have skin customizations in Battlefront 2. And there are a lot of questions that have been out there, so we're going to go over them in this episode. Excellent. What kind of items can I buy when microtransactions slash monetization returns? Players will only be able to purchase crystals as microtransactions, which can only be used to unlock available appearances that a player can select. Players cannot purchase star cards or items that would impact gameplay or progression. What do you think about this? That is probably the best possible outcome we could have hoped for. Oh, yeah. That's really good to see. It was such a weird twist for them to push that kind of bad progression system. I mean, when we played it in pre-alpha at EA Play, it was it was a reasonable progression system. And then when we played it in beta, it was less so, but it still made sense. But then at launch, something happened, and it was not what we were hoping for. The one we got at launch was like a good bit worse than Battlefront One's yeah. progression system, which was good, but like I mean, it was kind of limited, but still, it was a lot better than what we've had on Battlefront Two the whole time. Mm-hmm. They have levels and ranks in Battlefront Two, but there's no reason for them at all. Well, in Battlefront 2015, when you reached rank 30, you were rewarded, you got a skin. Like There was, there was reasons to do that. But in Battlefront 2, there weren't any. So it was really a strange twist for them to release this bad progression system, which they're fixing in this update. So it's going to be a much better update. And I'm, I'm super pumped that they're doing this and that they're actually listening to the community and like what they want is like my best hope was for appearances in loot crates and you can buy the loot crates but they they went above and beyond that and now it's not just a random chance you can decide which crates or which appearances and skins that you want to have instead of being oh yeah i spent two thousand on this uh rare crate and i only got like the rhodian skin or whatever well, nobody wants just the Rodian skin, am I right? Yeah, we we all want Pancake Face. <laughs> yes, we do, our Lord and Savior. Yes. <laughs> well, and also the I like the fact that the um, the skill points are specifically linked to the the unit type. Yeah. 
And Rather than being across the board, I like that. Exactly. And like you earned them by playing. So if, if you want to level up your heavy, all you have to do to level up your heavy is to play your heavy. And just use the DC-15 <laughs> LE with explosive shot. Yeah, it'll be. You'll, you'll get to max level heavy just like that. Maybe in a game or two. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that it, uh, joking aside, that, that it's tied to the units. You have to use the unit you want to use the points on to get them. Exactly. That way, that way you don't have people using the heavy, for example, while that issue with the, the DC-15 is still there to be exploited. You could have someone feasibly use that, load up on skill points, and dump them all into heroes or something like that. So if you, if you want to level up Darth Maul, you have to actually play Darth Maul, which I think that's one of the best choices that they could have done with that. Like I said in the last episode, this this hits all of the, the points that I had wrong with the progression system of Battlefront 2. Uh, beforehand, I was... if. If they mess this up, I don't think that the the game could have recovered at all. Yeah, if they had either... Well, I think on one hand, if they had not addressed it, the progression had left it alone, it, I don't think the game would have died because of that, but it certainly would have struggled. It wouldn't have gotten, it wouldn't have gotten any better or any bigger. Yeah. But had they undertaken what seems like a fairly significant size task in overhauling it in the manner in which they've done it and it wasn't right Mm -hmm. (laughs) like they did all that and it still wasn't what what we ended up you know what we are getting it was something less than that yeah that probably would have that would have shut it down you had a lot of angry people (laughs) oh yeah um and even before that like uh GameSpot's coverage of the whole story of battlefront 2 which is actually like a massive massive fail on like the the whole story that they wanted to portray uh GameSpot's coverage of that has been awful like they have been misconstruing like every bit of news that has come out regarding Battlefront 2 just so they can get the clicks which is like and what's funny is like the when they had the apology crate on uh like okay you weren't getting your your crates when you unlocked a challenge so they gave you an apology crate GameSpot took that and was like, okay, this apology creates an apology for the progression system as a whole. So, yeah, we're sorry about the progression system, so here's a crate. Well, that wasn't the case at all. And then, like, when people called them out on it, they deleted the comments on the website. Oh, quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Can't even own up to it when you're blatantly wrong. Yeah, so hopefully now that they've got this... Uh, I got this laid out, and hopefully once it launches, we'll actually see people come back and give the game another chance. Like, already I've been seeing people purchasing the game more and listening to the podcast, people reaching out and saying, hey, knew the podcast, uh, really excited what the game has to offer. So that's great to see, because the, the game itself is really good, other than like the, the bugs and that kind of stuff. The gameplay as a whole is great, to, is fun to play, and it's really solid. And the visuals are just amazing. Yeah, the gameplay's the gameplay's never been the issue, and the visuals definitely haven't been an issue at all either. The game looks good. The place, the not the play style, but the the gameplay mechanics. Most of that's fine. I haven't had any issues with that. But the progression, leveling up, all that—it was just—it was so 
you never i mean i never really fully understood the one we had in place how it really functioned <laughs> and it was just i don't know it was difficult to navigate it felt like it was there was no straightforward way to progress exactly or level up or or you know better your class other than lucking out a crate and getting a bunch of crafting parts mhm the only way to get crafting parts which ties directly into the progression of your classes like that didn't make sense what's fun, what's weird is in the beta they had it where you played the the class more and you leveled up your class more uh, yeah and the you know the the existing um progression system might have been okay if rather than the credits that you earned which honestly the credits kind of were meaningless more or less other than buying crates mm-hmm. if they had made it where what you earned was crafting parts exactly if you earned, yeah if you earned crafting parts at the rate that you earned credits honestly even at half the rate you earned credits and the expenditure of crafting parts that it required to make uh star cards stayed where it was and you earned them at half the rate you earned credits you would have easily been able to level up your classes better yeah like just that little change. Were, yeah, but crafting parts were so difficult to obtain in any meaningful amount. You might get 20 or 30 of them here or there. So I'm glad it's going to uh, an XP type thing because I liked the, the XP system in the first Battlefront. Mm-hmm. It was fine. The, the only thing the first Battlefront lacked as far as the progression system was more stuff to unlock. Yeah. More skins, more weapons, more uh, maybe upgrades for your weapons or like, a, you know, like attachments and stuff like that. There wasn't enough stuff to unlock and the, the level cap, even when they continuously moved it, it still was never that satisfying. It's like, you would, you'd, you know, you get all the experience points and all the level up, but eventually it got to a point where you didn't have anything to do. There was nothing left you could do with the XP or with the credits and you didn't really get any, you had no more rewards you could get for leveling up. Yeah, the the only but, reward for once they raised the level was those skins, and then like after you got those, it was like I could collect all of the races, uh, like the, the the human races. Like I could get a guy with a mustache. But yeah, do I want get to get all the different variants? <laughs> yeah, thank God I have the dude with the bushy mustache. I know it's gonna make all the difference. <laughs> exactly, like that. That was the only push once you reached that that top level. Um, because of how it was set up and but this way you've got a specific level that you can reach with each class and then once you reach that you can go in your your class is leveled up and they've said that they're going to continue adding like weapons for classes that you can earn so they're going to keep on bumping up the levels for your your classes if you'd like that um so they're going to keep on expanding that which is awesome especially since with battlefront 2015 a lot of it felt like they were limited. Like the, the the big reason why Hero Blast and Battlefront 2015 was canceled was because of the the limited scope that they had in the base framework of the game. Yeah, it was at the end of the day that was a fairly small game, just generally, but definitely in comparison to even what we have just right now at Battlefront Two. Battlefront One was fairly small in in size. But now with Battlefront Two, the, uh, Battlefront Two, we've got a a much bigger framework to work with. We had three developers working on it, so they they had to be able to do more things with the game. So that's it's good that 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 they're able to make these new interesting changes and just just switch everything on a dime. Like I don't if Battlefront two thousand fifteen launched with 
a progression system that was really bad. I don't know if they could have recovered as quickly, even though it's been pretty slow, but covered as quickly as they have with Battlefront 2. Yeah, I think Battlefront 2 has as bad as the progression system is, or maybe as bad as it's been viewed, whether it's actually that bad or not. Yeah. Story, but as negatively as it's been received, I think it does have the extremely redeeming factor that the game's really fun to play Mm -hmm. and the gameplay is a lot more solid than battlefront was like aside from the the thing going on with heavy right now (laughs) (laughs) aside from that there's not really too many if any like game breaking level problems yeah or stuff that can be continually exploited there were things in Battlefront that were people started exploiting on day one, and they did it all the way up until Battlefront Two came out, and I quit playing the first one. Like it, ne- the things that never got fixed, they were never addressed. Yeah, they were uh, never stopped, more or less. I mean, on the uh, one of the the Scarif, not Scarif, I'm sorry, one of the Jakku maps, the one that had the caves on the one side. You know which map I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, that one. There was a, you know, there was that glitch where you could get up on top of those caves, way up there, and it was really hard for the people in the map to kill you. Mm-hmm. But you could hit people from up there all day long. I mean, I I had partaken of that glitch before once and gotten <laughs> up there, and like once you get up there, you're pretty much unkillable, more or less. You can be killed if someone happens to get a grenade up there, shoot you while you're mm-hmm. out from cover, but. That thing, I mean, that existed from the beginning of the game, and it was never touched. It was never really fixed, as far as I know. So there were a couple things like that in Battlefront that I think frustrated people more. Yeah, there were, you know, there were there were a few more negative things that stayed and they lingered, and it made people kind of dislike it. But this one, I mean, they don't really seem to have that same issue. They don't have too many things that are exploitable. It's, it seems to be a lot more balanced generally, other than the DC. 15 le or whatever it's called <laughs> yeah um so they definitely learned a good bit in just the base game that we have right now from the first one to the second one yeah what's good about battlefront 2 is like they learn from their mistakes in battlefront 2015 they're just making new ones uh, which which i think is the case <laughs> they are making all new ones this is um uh the lost world the second jurassic park movie uh-huh when Jeff Goldblum goes to see uh, John Hammond and he's asking him to go to the island, you know, he's sending the people there to document the dinosaurs. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, don't worry. We're not making the same mistakes again. <laughs> he's like, no, no, you're you're making all new ones. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what this is. Yes, exactly. Uh, because, like, overall, the, the mistakes that they made with Battlefront 2015, they fixed at launch. But over time, we've discovered completely new mistakes that they are are now fixing with the progression update. Like overall, the the gameplay is great. The maps that they have are balanced. The the more or less each class is equal to the other, depending on how you play. Um, the heroes are so much better in Battlefront Two than they were in Battlefront Two Thousand Fifteen, in my opinion. Yeah. But th- they're fixing it. They're they're becoming like compared to battlefront uh, 2015 the communication between devs and the players is tenfold like in battlefront 
2015, we got a new content drop every three months. And before that, it was most of the time silence. Well, in this one, they're aiming for every month. So, and we're hopefully getting uh, new communication every two weeks. So it's it's interesting that they that as the the game has evolved and companies are covering it, that the news media are covering it, that this game has been construed as different things that aren't necessarily true when you compare it to Battlefront 2015. Mm-hmm. It's it's good to see, um, like this this frequently asked questions. Uh, post that they did at the for on the forums, it answers basically every question that I could have about the progression system. Which is it's it's good to see that they've they've thought ahead and this wasn't released after everyone was questioning it. This they were like, okay, what questions would we have if we were getting this new new uh, progression update? And going into that, the the next little section that I think is a, a big topic. What happens with my existing star cards and the transition? So th- this is something that I've seen a lot of people wondering about. Like, what happens if I have half of all of the the classes and the heroes and all that upgraded? What what happens with all of those star cards? Nothing. You get to keep all, all of the star cards that you currently own at their current rarity level. So as you level up, you'll start earning skill points that can be used to unlock and upgrade star cards. So you're going to stick with the same if you have a fully maxed out uh, Darth Maul, that's going to stay there. Or if you have a halfway specialist, it's going to stay that way. But as you keep on playing the specialist, you're going to keep on earning those skill points so you can go forward even more, which I think is great. Because if they did remove everything, oh my gosh, could you imagine what would happen? It would be mass chaos and anger from everyone involved. <laughs> I, I was trying to not imagine what would happen. <laughs> oh yeah, the, your fully maxed out specialist is gone. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that too to myself. When you said that, I was like, God, I would lose all that stuff on my specialist. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be gone, all of it. Uh, I'd be weeping. A lot of, a lot of weeping. Uh, weeping and gnashing of teeth. <sighs> A lot of weeping, a lot of gnashing and weeping of teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the next thing, so the next question is, uh, I've played extensively before the progressions update, how this will be uh, reflected after the transition. So basically, what if you have everything maxed down? You're going to keep all everything at their current rarity level. and But moving forward, they're going to add new things that you can lock with skill points. Okay, I like that. So that that's going to be good. Uh, also, they're going to be mo- uh, putting out more appearances as quickly as they can. So that's going to be good just to keep it fresh. And they said, uh, moving forward as you progress, your unit level will determine which additional star cards you can unlock and whether or not you're advanced enough to use those skill points. They're actually using the, the level system. So if you're rank 4, you won't be able to max out a certain star card until you've reached a certain level. So they're actually implementing that the the level system. So maybe at rank twenty, you'll be able to get it right before the maxed level star card, mm-hmm. and then when you reach rank forty or fifty, you'll be able to fully max out everything. So that's okay. Be great. I, yeah, that's not bad. That's pretty good. How should I prepare for the spring update, the spring progression update? 
depends on what you rather do. As we said in the last episode, you can speed up progression or save for cosmetics. Those are the two things. So if you want more cosmetics, save your credits. But if you want to level up your, your classes better, spend all of your credits on the hero crate and get as many crafting parts as you can. Because going forward, uh, those will be 40 to 1. So 40 crafting parts will be one skill point. And those skill points can be upgraded, can upgrade any star card that you can, that you have the level to do. Um, or you can go ahead and use your crafting parts to get as many star cards before the launch as you can. So maybe you have a lot of money. Maybe you have 100,000. So you spend all of that on your hero crates and get as many crafting parts as you can. If you don't want to wait until the progression system update, you can go ahead and start leveling up your classes. Just that way, the, the way it is in the game right now. Or if you were interested in the progression and you don't want to spend actual money for it, save your credits uh, for the the uh, the appearances. That's exactly what I was hoping for was the only purchasable stuff being cosmetic. Yeah. Th th that's going forward. If any company comes out with loot crates or any kind of microtransactions that aren't cosmetics, I think it would be a mistake to do that just because that's what people want to spend their money on. People don't want to spend their money or I'd say some people want to spend their money on to progress in the game, uh, gameplay-wise. But overall, people don't want that in the game. It's going to be annoying for people who don't have money or people that just refuse to buy anything to get wrecked by someone who just unlocked every max uh, ability that there is just with real money. So that's always good to see. Yeah, I don't think... Um genuine money should ever be able to um affect gameplay like to make a genuine gameplay difference yeah it's just, just i mean if, bad. i mean it's not i don't think it genuinely makes that much of a difference even when the crystals were still a thing yeah and battlefront 2 it, it like made zero difference at all everyone just hyped it up as so i mean the end of the the end of the day uh if you're a good player you're gonna beat an inferior player no matter what they have yeah Unless that, you know, if it's a true skill to skill type of face off, unless they just get the jump on you or something like that. But mm -hmm. just purchasing better or upgraded stuff doesn't automatically make you better. But even with that being said, the real money shouldn't be able to uh, separate the potential quality of gameplay with people that have the money to spend and people that don't. That's not really fair to the player base. And yeah. that doesn't balance the game. So if you make it where it's just cosmetic like they've done now, then that's a good thing. You know, everyone wins. Because you got people that want to have everything unlocked. And they want to have all the skins and you know, all the visuals and stuff like that. By all means, you want to do that and you want to spend your money, go for it. Mm -hmm. But it shouldn't be – you shouldn't have to have money for stuff that is necessary to the game. Exactly. That, that's a, a good summary of that. Uh, the next question on this is what happens with crafting parts? So crafting parts were the big thing in Battlefront 2. It's the, the only way that you could level up your classes. Uh, and now they're going to sprout wings and fly away. Yes. Never come back. Yep, exactly. Uh, progression <laughs> update. Parts will no longer be awarded. You'll keep your current balance, and in April, you'll be able to convert parts into skill points at 40 parts per skill point. Players' parts totals will be rounded up so that players will not be left with unusable parts. That's, that's fantastic. That's probably the absolute best transition and trade-off that there could have been. 
That's mm-hmm. better than my most optimistic hopes were. What what I what I compare this to is this this isn't like a like a hundred percent Apple transition where a lot of the times Apple will be like, Okay, you're out of luck. Uh everything that you had, you're gonna have to redo. Uh this is a a transition that's as smooth as I think they can possibly make it. Uh which is gonna be a great thing because if it was a little at this point, I don't think they could have released it to where it was a little more stressful or intensive but this way it's you you have your crafting parts and they'll be transferred or converted into skill points and that's all you need to do yep just make it easy just trade them over swap them out whatever you want to call it be done with it and have no other worries exactly um so the next the next two ones uh, we're just going through and highlighting some of them We'll put the actual forms in the the description of the podcast episode. So if you want to go deeper into each and everything in the the form update, go ahead and check that out. Yeah, I was curious if we were uh, yeah if we were gonna go through and read all of them. And as I was looking down, it's like, oh, there's actually quite a few of these. Yeah, it's uh, there's quite a lot of questions and answers. So we're just gonna go through and highlight the ones that uh, that we both think are interesting. Um, the next thing is, how would I progress a hero or class? As we said earlier, you'll level up a hero or class by playing them. The same goes for all other units. So if you want to level up the... As the, it should be. Yeah, exactly. If you want to level up the jump pack trooper, guess what you have to do? You have to play... play as the jump trooper. Yeah, exactly. Um, it just makes sense. Like, it. Why would you... Why would you play a heavy and abuse the DC 15 LE to level up your your specialist? Why would you do that? It doesn't make sense. So, going forward, if you want to level up your specialist, you play your specialist. Or if you want to level up any hero or anything like that, all you have to do is play with them. Exactly how it should be. And then how do I earn new star cards? So that's the, the big... Big, big question. Those are all tied to skill points. So skill points are unit-specific and can be used to unlock a star card at common level or to upgrade an existing star card to the next card level. So if you earn a skill point through the heavy or the specialist, you're only going to be able to use that skill point in the heavy if you play the heavy or the specialist if you play the specialist. And it's not going to be, oh, to upgrade your common to the next level you have to been two uh, skill points. No, it's it's just going to be one. So one skill point will level each card up individually. So there's no, oh, you can level up your card for 40 crafting parts, and then the next level's 80, the next level's 120, the next level's 420. There, that's not going to be the case any longer. It's going to be one for one. Each class and star card will be singular. That's good, too, because the, the weird jump up in um crafting parts that it took to do the different upgrades on the star cards mm-hmm. was like fairly extreme i i understood it. it you know they wanted it to be i guess more difficult or take more to get the the absolute top level star cards but i mean you'd have to have was it was it 420 was that the i think it is the amount of crafting parts for the highest um, there's a lot it, yeah it was in the 400s i know for sure uh, maybe it was 460. 
I just know it was it seemed like a little much, especially with the rate. I guess they wanted the disparity between how many people actually had the highest level cards to be fairly, you know, fairly low. So if that's the case, then I guess it makes sense. But I mean, the fact that you got crafting parts in increments of anywhere between, you know, 15 and 40 at a time every so often, and it took almost 500 to upgrade to the highest level of one card just seemed to seemed to look much. Yeah. So it's going to be, I, I really like this new, new progression system. I think it's going to, it's going to push me to play the game more and it's going to make me feel more, more rewarded as I progress. Cause the big problem with this is like, I can earn credits, but I need crafting parts to level up my class. And the way to get crafting parts is through the loot crates or the daily uh, daily crates. I agree. It seems like it's going to be a lot better. Yeah. This is this is interesting. The, the, the next one I've got right here is uh, how do I unlock star card slots in the new system? And the answer is all star card slots for all units will be unlocked by default in the new system. Oh, excellent. That's... That's awesome, because it is kind of a chore if you start off just from zero, you only get one star card, so you have to make make the choice. Uh, you can unlock one star card until you get to a certain level of your class. But what I always found weird is how the level of your class wasn't tied to how much you play the to play the class. It was tied to how many star cards you had for the class. Yeah, it was just tied to your 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 star card level and the amount of star cards you had, which I don't know. That seemed odd. And for the first week or two, I thought it was the the opposite. Like, you the more you play, the more you level up. So eventually, you'll get all three. But then I was like, wait a second. I I bought like three or four star cards. And I was like, my class is leveling up. This this is not what I thought it was. Yeah, it's it'll just it'll be better as a whole <laughs> by a lot. How do you decide which star cards are unlocked early and which are unlocked late in a unit's journey? Star cards unlocked early are handpicked to be focused on improving existing things like improved shot grenade for the specialist trooper, later choices offer side grades, and more niche abilities that require you to switch up your playstyle, like the repulsor cannon for the specialist. That's interesting. Okay. Okay, I like that. I've been playing um, Arkham Asylum recently, and their progression system is a lot like this. And I, from reading this, it seems like it's going to be around the same. So you're going to get a level point that you can spend on like a base card, and then you're going to be able to upgrade that card with another uh, another point. So, say you've got you've got the base one, the base shot grenade for the specialist and the next one uh, the next upgrade you'll be able to use your skill point for will be the improved shot grenade so i th- i think that makes sense yep a lot more um streamlined than the current whatever it is <laughs> what what's awesome is like as we're going through this there's not like oh this doesn't make sense or that's a terrible idea it's like oh yeah this is good like this is this is what I wanted to see when they announced it. It's like not anything like, oh, that that's an interesting choice. And 
but no, it's like, okay, that makes sense. I like the sound of that. This is good, which is, which is great to see. Yeah. There's not, I mean, so far as I've been kind of reading through here, even some of the ones we haven't stopped and talked about, there doesn't seem to be anything I've come across yet that I've been like, uh, I don't know why they made that decision. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of it's been, yep, that's a common sense, straightforward decision that needed to be made. It's like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, all of it, all the stuff, you know, all the changes make sense. I haven't seen any of them. I'm like, oh, that's stupid. Or why did they do that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one... Will you have level caps in the new system? Yes. Initially, trooper classes will be clap, uh, capped at 70, while heroes, starfighters, and hero starfighters... Well, heroes, comma, starfighters, comma, and hero starfighters will be capped at 40. It's like heroes, starfighters, and hero starfighters. 40, okay. The armor, speeder, enforcer, and aerial classes will be capped at 30. But even if you cap out your unit, you can still earn credits when you increase your player rank. So that's good. Uh, the next obvious question is why is the level cap for Trooper set to 70? So the answer, like, I love this. Like, they have, this is what the new thing is. And then they're like, why? And they answer it. A Trooper starts the game at unit level 1 and has 17 star cards. To take one star card to epic requires four skill points, so you would need 68 skill points in total to take your entire collection to epic as assault, 68 plus the one as your starting level. So you equals unit 69. We then add one padding level from 69 to 70 to even out the numbers. Okay, well that makes sense. Yeah. At least the, they have sound, correct mathematics behind it, not yeah. just random it's like, what number would be good for uh, a specialist? 42. <laughs> what, what do you think about 127? 100, what? That sounds good. Let's go with it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, we've, we've got 69, and then we added a padding one. Um, That's our, uh, our go-to answer at work. Anytime someone comes in and asks me something or says my name, I just go, 42. <laughs> I don't know what your question is, but the answer is 42. <laughs> yep. 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. <laughs> Lost numbers. Yep, that's it. <laughs> oh. 42's a really underrated number. Yeah. It needs love, too. I feel that way with 7. Or, th <laughs> or, th or 13. 7 and 13. Those are the two numbers that I think need more love. question what should i do if i get excess excess skill points so you will not be able to get any excess skill points in the new system uh, you'll only be able to gain the amount needed to take all star cards so if you do have a class that's rank 50 in the new level or the, the new progression system you will you'll only be able to gain those 20 those 20 uh skill points so it's not like, oh, since I've already at, at 50, I still get the extra 70. No, it evens out to where you you can only gain those 20 that you need to finish leveling up. That's good that they've, yeah, that's really nice. They put it in there where it's not going to be like the last game in the sense of like you're not going to be at the max level 
with some just bank load of points or credits or whatever it is you need to unlock stuff because as you level up, you're unlocking stuff mm-hmm. with the skill points. So when it, you know, by virtue of being at the last level, you possess the capability to own everything. Yeah. So even if you do like, if you don't level up everything and just keep on hoarding them until you can level them up all at once, you still only be able to get 70 starting at zero. And like that makes sense. So you're not going to be able to, oh yeah, I've got 120 skill points, but I can only use 70 of them. I love this. Will I still use credits to unlock heroes and hero starfighters? With our progression update, we will be unlocking all currently available heroes and hero ships for all players. When new heroes and hero ships are introduced to the game, they will be unlocked with credits. So... If you, if you are starting off from zero, all of the base heroes and the ones they added in the season will be free. So they're going to be automatically there. Uh, but it seems like going forward, they're, they're going to continue with the the format that they had where maybe it's like 7,000 for a the new hero that's introduced if they do add anything like that. Though I like with the, the Last Jedi season how the heroes were just free. Like, there was no extra thing that you had to do to get them. So I don't, I don't know why they are going to continue with that. At least that's what I'm gleaming from this information that we've got. So the really the only the only purpose to credits is going to be crates for uh, cosmetic stuff, right? Oh, not crates, just the cosmetics. Oh, or just cosmetics as a yeah. whole. Okay. So not even... I misunderstood that. I thought they were putting the skins and stuff like that in crates. Yeah. It's it's straight. They're going to give you a list of cosmetics, and then you're going to be able to purchase them. Just purchase. Okay, so how in the same way that you purchased the skins in the first Battlefront. Yeah. Which... Okay. It's a little so less doing, boring. Are they just doing away with the crates completely? I must have just missed that. Um, It's really weird that they've still got the crates for emotes and victory poses, and those are only available through the challenges that you can get. Okay, so they're not purchasable, though. So yeah. that's, okay. that's cool. Yeah, so crates are out of the question, but they're still there for emotes. And I, th- it's it's been mixed. So some, some tweets that I've seen from Dennis have been, you can unlock skins in the crates as well when you earn them. And, and other questions that he's responded to are, it's just victory poses and emotes. So I'm not 100% sure on if you'll be able to get those randomly through crates. Um, Still have that question. Okay, well, there is actually one of these points on here back towards the bottom where they lay out the difference between the credits, crystals, and crafting parts. Yeah, you want to go ahead and read that? Yeah, I got that. All right, what is the difference between credits, crystals, and parts? With our progression update, we are temporarily turning off the economies related to these three currencies. With an update in April, credits, which are earned through gameplay, will unlock appearances for your heroes and troopers. That update will also allow you to purchase crystals, which can also be used to unlock appearances through direct monetary purchase. Parts are going to be taken out of the game entirely, and a future update will allow you to convert these over into skill points. Going through that, it's it's kind of sounding like it's going to be a, a layered release. So we're going to get the, the base in March on March 21st, and then all of the, the appearances will launch in April. And then there's going to be a future update that allowed you to convert crafting parts into skill points. Yeah, my understanding of reading this would be the progression update. That's the one that's in like, what, three or four days? Yeah. 
21st. So with that update, crystals, credits, and crafting parts are going to be shut off. It says we're turning off the economies related to all three of these currencies. Mm-hmm. And then the update, it says with an update in April, credits and uh, crystals will return with the ability to only purchase appearances. Yeah. And then further down the road, another update will bring in the system that converts crafting parts into skill points. So it'll be a three-part process of changing the currency system around, which that's fine. Yeah. So that's good. That makes sense. I was really expecting that they were going to, like even before they announced it, that they were going to push it to April to launch everything. So seems like my suspicions are coming true. I would wager the... uh... I don't know. What's their update schedule been like? I haven't really paid attention. Have they done one every other month or so or less it's, than that, more than that? They've they've said going forward it's going to be every month and they've loosely been applying to that. It's been it's been a month plus like 5 days. Well, I guess that also depends on what type of update they got to do client side or server side. Yeah. Uh, server side updates are every two weeks, and then the the big they're going to be monthly yeah. or more or less the, monthly. Uh, server side updates easier, quicker to do than client side. Yeah, client so, side you got to depend on people going in, downloading, applying, and they also have to get it reviewed by uh, on consoles, Xbox, and PlayStation Store. Yep, and, like they have to make their own tests, like quality assurance stuff. I am glad that in this game they moved a lot more of the stuff to server side. Oh yeah, a lot of the a lot of the aspects of the game that used to be on the client side, so they were harder to patch and keep up with. But I can't. I, I know I heard him. Uh, maybe Paul Kesslin talk about it. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure if it was him, but I think it was him on the last game that I think on one of your episodes was talking about. There were a couple of features of you know things they wanted to address and fix that were difficult to do or they had to do them in certain time frames because they were on the client side and i think a lot of that stuff they've migrated to server side now yes and, in and this it, game so it's a little bit easier to keep up with it was paul kesslin uh that was when we were talking to him about the the scarif dlc okay uh, that's right going big, way back big paul what a guy yeah my favorite developer so, sorry paul's dennis but but paul's paul's the man paul's so underrated like he's such an underrated developer <laughs> Everyone's all uh, Lord Lord Dennis, but Paul's Paul's the man. Give Big Kesslin a follow. Yes, what a guy at the Vestal Viking. That's right. You know what? He's even more so the man because I added him on Xbox and he added me back. Nice, yeah. What he, a hero! He's a great guy. <laughs> 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 yep. We I hope need- he's listening. Yes, he. I know he does listen to the podcast. Uh, he doesn't listen to every episode, but he does listen to it. So, hopefully, he's made it this far. If so, hey, Paul. <laughs> We're just gonna call this uh, this minute and forty three second segment the Paul Kessel Appreciation Club. Yes. <laughs> Have you heard about our Lord and Savior Paul Kessel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here with a sign that says, "Hi, Paul." <laughs> Just just take a minute or two and just dedicate it to Big Paul Kesslin. So after after a short short minute to uh talk about Paul Kesslin, we will continue 
with microtransactions. So when will microtransactions less monetization come back? And this is this is way at the bottom of the 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 post. So yeah, I see it. Very bottom. We are currently targeting April to turn on a revamped microtransaction system. More details to come. Yeah, so that I'm assuming that's the that has to be the update that's referenced as the one that brings back credits and crystals. Mm-hmm. Because it has to do with changing the crate system yeah. and the purchasing. So that's got to be the same update that uh, brings those together. Um, and I think what, what they mean they're currently targeting April is because they have to go through um, the PlayStation Store, the the Xbox Store, Walmart, Amazon, GameStop. They have to go through and say, hey, we're bringing back crystals so you can either bring back all of those packs that they had to throw away once they stop stocking those. Yeah, I think anything that anything that has to go through like um, any kind of merchant system where it's purchasable like that, not just through the game, because weren't there like uh, cards almost that you could purchase from those retailers that yeah. gave you amounts of crystals? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anything that involves that, of course, they got to go through some form of regulation or at least, I guess, in informing people and giving them heads up before they do it. Yeah. So regarding the appearances that will be available in April, the the, the answer to that. Uh, very requested question is we will announce which appearances will be available in the coming weeks that's a mm, what what an answer yes coming weeks is if they started the if dice team on battlefront 2 started a band be called coming weeks or soon we will share this information with you soon or in the coming weeks (laughs) It's Dice's two best hits. Yes. The, they're a heavy metal cover band with uh, some of their own songs. <laughs> That's a good visual. <laughs> I can just see Dennis there's, and Paul like shredding on a guitar. There's uh, two of these other ones that I kind of want to highlight real quick. Um, so the the one about Arcade, mm-hmm. just because I know there's a lot of people that really like I, I mean, I kind of enjoy playing the, the Arcade offline stuff, so... Will I earn credits or skill points in Arcade? With the progression update, you will continue to be able to earn credits up to 1,500 per day, which I believe is higher than the current cap, I think, but I might be wrong. I'm not 100% Um, sure on that. By playing Arcade. Uh, Skill points, however, can only be earned in multiplayer, and they're linked to the unit you play as. That makes sense, but I like that uh, you can still earn the credits playing it offline like that. That way, you still get something out of it other than just playing it for... I guess the sake of playing it. Yeah. The arcade's so much fun, but it's also good to be able to get something back from playing arcade. Uh like like the credits. And they've been they've been balancing how many credits you earn. I know at the start it was kind of a little lackluster for players. Uh and they they've adjusted slow. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I've only earned two hundred credits and I've been playing for eight hours. There's actually one of these where they um the other one I was talking about, I wanted to read where they uh, gave a little mention to the crate system, which I, I guess if I would have read down here earlier, I wouldn't have had to ask you about it. And then guesswork. Uh, are crates still in the game? Yes. However, with the progression update, crates can no longer be purchased. They're earned by logging in daily, completing milestones, and through timed challenges. Inside crates, you will find credits or cosmetic items, but nothing that impacts gameplay. Yeah. Probably how it should be. 
And I think it's funny that you'll get credits or cosmetic items because what are you going to do with the credits? Purchase cosmetic items. <laughs> yeah. Basically, like... they're giving you <laughs> inside these crates, you'll find cosmetic items or cosmetic items. <laughs> Eventually. Ba- baby cosmetics. <laughs> you'll have the potential for cosmetics and cosmetics. <laughs> or more cosmetics. <laughs> you... You get some cosmetics, and you get some cosmetics. I'm going to assume with a big chunk of this, well, not a big chunk, but a, you know, a decent piece of the progression update being the uh, sort of introduction of cosmetic stuff. I mean, it's in the game, but not, not really. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume with that being such a big piece and being mentioned a lot, they've got to have some solid plans for adding a good bit more of cosmetic stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, the, Adina said that... Uh, when asked about like what kind of content they're going to be bringing and like what's on the table, one he said they're they're going to be uh, drawing a lot over from Battlefront 2015, which I think is good because there's a lot of stuff there. But he said with the speed Pancake that they're face. yeah exactly that's what I that's that's my dream for uh, the cosmetics. But he said with the rate that they're going to be bringing out cosmetics that that'll run dry really quickly. And in regards to what's on the table, pretty much anything. So last episode, we, we've we suggested uh, Bikini Troopers. <laughs> Consistent. I remember you suggesting that on the a couple of episodes, like right before the game came out or yep. just after it came out, the first game. I pitched it to back. Paul Kesslin when we had him on the podcast. <laughs> I remember that as well. <laughs> that, that That is my, my dream. And I said last episode, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I would pay $50 for Bikini Troopers. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. Well, I mean, with the the droids and the clone troopers, I mean, with all the factions, but definitely with those, you got a lot of stuff you can do in the different units that they had where they had the different color stripes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just the clones alone. My goodness, they have so much that they can go off of. there's so many different factions. Um, maybe not. What I would love to see them do is to remove the idea of cannon, because uh, you could do so much fun. You can have so much fun doing that. You could have like a camo trooper that's like completely camouflaged, or um, I would love to see like different colored troopers. Like even if like I stand out on the battlefront, I would really like to be able to yeah, I choose mean, which colors I am. If you want to really have the the credits and crystals and the the purchase of appearances and cosmetics, if you really want that to be a thing and be there, I don't think there needs to be any sort of limit or cap on what types of cosmetics they add. It doesn't, you know, it shouldn't just be uh, one or two costume variations that fall in line with the movie. So I mean, at the end of the day, I know it's Star Wars, but this isn't a movie. It's a freaking video game. Mm-hmm. I don't need it to be non-immersion breaking or whatever, you know, nice wordy clickbaity line people want to use. It's a game. I know I'm playing a game. It doesn't bother my mind to see people that I know are from different eras of the actual, you know, universe, the canon universe mm-hmm. in the same area. It's not a big deal. And if you want to, you know, give people options to buy stuff, and I know they're going to want to have something in there that gives them the potential to make additional money off of the game, and I don't blame them for that. They should. 
I mean, they should make gun skins. Every shooter game there is on Earth has weapon skins. Yeah. As a you know, as a as a little purchasable thing. Throw those in the game. It's not going to hurt anything. It's not going to hurt anything. It's not going to hurt anyone. It's purely visual, purely cosmetic, surface level thing. But it's a good way to, you know, there's so many weapons in the game, and you could have a, just tons of skins per weapon. That's but you could just add them in a little bit at a time, so you could always have some kind of content to keep adding in. My the argument when I hear people like, oh, but cannons needed in Battlefront Two. And then I've got three words. Darth Maul, or five words. Darth Maul versus Rey. Need I say more? Yeah. My thing personally, though, also is if you really, you know, if you, I think if you're going to be one of those people and you're going to be a stickler to, oh, well, this doesn't fit in the, the canon or the timeline, then neither does Darth Maul versus Yoda which was advertised, you know, with yeah. as part of the game. Yes, they're from the same time frame, but it doesn't matter. They never crossed paths. They never fought. Never saw each other, you know, in that capacity that I'm aware of. So that is technically not following canon already. Yeah. Even though they're from the same time period. Just having certain characters like that in the same map already does the same thing, whether they're from the same time period or not. Mm-hmm. So you can't you can't have it one way and not have it the other way. Yeah, I mean, I'm of the opinion it's a game. It shouldn't matter. You should have it. I want everything, and I want as much Star Wars content as they'll put in there. Exactly. Yeah. Like, why, why limit it? Eras. I don't want it locked up to certain time frames or certain eras. Man, screw that. Mm-hmm. Put yeah. it all in there. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the only place that canon needs to be is in the campaign. Like that is the only place. Correct. A story mode or anything that they want to claim is you know correctly or, or directly tied in to your books, movies, whatever. And when you think about it, the, the last Jedi season isn't even canon. <laughs> and that was directly based off of, uh, the last Jedi. Right. They, they just, you know, they took content from that film, but that's the kind of beginning and end of it being <laughs> yeah. canon or not canon, uh, which didn't take away. Like, I know it's not canon. I'm playing a game. But before watching The Last Jedi, I played Battlefront 2 and was on Crate. And while I was in the theaters, I was drawn into that battle. Like, automatically. I was like, I've played this before. I know, like, oh yeah, I've been in those trenches that they've shown on on the screen. I've been in the big cavern. I've fought there. I was like, I've been there. And it, it... Gave me a deeper level of respect for the movie just from right. playing the game. Something I want to, I hope they they add, and they may have already talked about it. I may have just missed it as far as if it's been out on uh, Twitter or anything like that. Is a little. I mean, they still need to work on the map diversity when you play game modes. Yeah. Um, I I played during the time period of the Last Jedi season. I probably played. 12, 15 hours worth of Galactic Conquest. Never played Crate, ever, a single time. Yeah, I've played I it. I still have not played any of the Crate maps at all. I've never I've never played it on Blast, and I've only played it on Crate four or five times. Since, since uh, was it December? that? Yeah, December when it came out. So... 
that needs to be worked on. Well, I love Kashyyyk. Yep. I don't need to play Kashyyyk over and over again. No, I played um, Seed on Naboo two or three times, and then Kashyyyk a bunch, and then uh, what's the other Galactic Assault maps? I played on Takadana a bunch. I mean, I played I played every map probably three or four times except Crate. I never played Crate a single. I still haven't played Crate a single time, and I really <laughs> want to. Um, it is in the arcade, so. Oh, is it? Yeah. They they added it in the arcade, which is amazing. Uh, oh, I see. I haven't gone and played the arcade in a while, so I didn't know. So I'll have to hop on that tonight then and try it out yeah. just so I can play the freaking map. Exactly. It's like I've played uh, Creighton Arcade more than I have in uh, the whole time I've been playing on the Galactic Assault. I need to uh, – I don't know who the proper person would be to, to tweet at for this, but – I don't know if it's an EA thing as a whole or what it is, but uh, I had hit up the Respawn people on Titanfall. I hit up the Titanfall account, the Respawn account, one of EA's accounts, and I need to do it on Battlefront 2. Too. Both of those games, they share like a really similar um, – the colorblind assists. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much the same, and for whatever reason, not many people can do the Trinopia filter correctly. Yeah. Where it actually differentiates the way it's supposed to. And being someone that is colorblind and has tritinopia as the variant of colorblindness, I don't find that it helps at all. The other two for protonopia and whatever the other one is, I can't remember, definitely don't help. But the one that's supposed to be made for my variant of colorblindness does nothing for me. It doesn't it doesn't split stuff up enough. It makes stuff really difficult to see. Yeah. And I never got an answer from the Titanfall people at all on it. And I haven't tweeted anybody from uh, DICE about it. I don't know who the right person to ask would be to see if there's some way about them. I don't know. Maybe tweaking it or maybe getting some feedback from people that actually, genuinely yeah. need it. Not, not, mm. not the people that put it on because they like the color change, but the people that actually need it. Like, I need that to play the game and see everything properly. Exactly, yeah. And it And it doesn't really help me as much as it should. I still have a hard time differentiating some uh things out of the background a lot of stuff bleeds together still especially in brighter environments mm-hmm. it's nearly it's nearly impossible sometimes to to see stuff like to separate what's another person and what's part of a background stuff bleeds together really bad yeah i, I would try and find uh, one of the ui developers i think that would be more their scope um I'm trying That's to what think I'm thinking too i just I follow the the UX designer on Twitter, and I'm trying to think of her name, but I'm coming oh, up. Oh, I with know a who blank. you're talking about. I um, don't remember her name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but just you know, especially it'd be nice with if like maybe yeah, and with the the new focus on like the blue color and the menus, like selection wise, mm-hmm. like immediately when I saw that, I was like, that's not good for Preston. <laughs> it's like well, because you know. Blue, I struggle with a lot, any shade of it. But yellow, I can't even see yellow at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, nothing. It's just, it it's, it looks like a flat gray color. So I, I know there's like a method to making these filters on games that they kind of follow that is generally and maybe kind of universally accepted as being correct. But, you know, <laughs> I don't know how many people playing Battlefront 2 have Tritonopia. 
Yeah. It's it, still it maybe a large pool of people. It might not, but yeah. I'm thinking maybe if they get a little feedback or collect some data from the people that actually need it to play the game, maybe it'll help them have a better yeah. interface. It's still like it's it's a it's a section of the community that like they they love the game and want to play it more and like the the features and settings that are there aren't really helping them that often or in your case that well. Paul Kesslin, if you're listening, help me. You're my only hope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> At at PR723Goal on Twitter. I will help you. Someone help me. Oh. I, th- I think this is a good good spot to uh, end this episode, though. Uh, it's always great having you on the podcast. Uh, we always, like, Thanks, always go over, like, an hour, which is great. Well, yeah, that's true. But, you know, got to have fun. Got to be loose. Exactly. I always have fun when you're on the podcast. Especially uh, me. This is... Uh, Last thing I want to do is conform to some regimented time constraint. I worked like 106 hours this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're like, I just want to come over here, be loose, and have fun. Exactly. Yeah. So this, I always enjoy having you on the podcast. I enjoy being on the podcast. Yeah. What's well, it's been? What like two weeks that we've been trying? Maybe even three weeks that we've been trying to get you on the podcast. Uh, maybe even I longer. I think it's been over a month. Yeah. It's been quite a while. Like we'll schedule for a Sunday, and then something happens. We both forget, and I fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, what is it? Uh, twelve o'clock your time? And... Uh, yeah, it's midnight now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was yeah. it two hours between us? Yep, it's ten here now. Or nine fifty-six. Mm-hmm.